We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to the NFL Pick 6 Show Quarter Poll. Week 5, four weeks down. Hold on. Wait, we're week 5. Thir- 13 weeks to go. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> More or less. Sure, why not? Uh, Rich Rewire from Char Football Analysis. Uh, we also have John Daigle, 4 for 4. Betsperts as well. Going to be, uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, where y'all been? Uh, you know, you guys know how this goes. The pick six show. We focus on three main games, three main games. We, we break it down from all different angles. After we do that, we run it back and talk about our favorite plays position by position that are not playing those three main games. 12 game main slate this week. We're losing another game to London. Uh, no total above 50. Uh, Philadelphia, Arizona. We talk about them soon enough. That's the highest total on the board currently on a Wednesday night at 49. Uh, no Chiefs. So no Mahomes, no Lamar. Uh, no tight ends. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one, man. Uh, hey, oh, uh, I hear uh, Daigle's voice. Daigle, take your victory lap, man. I saw you on Twitter with a, a thirty to one, thirty two to one. As far as uh, you hit a winner in the old Fanduel sportsbook, did you not? 
Rashad Penny to lead rushing on Sunday, and we started talking about it last week. We laid the groundwork on Wednesday, noting that it was a good matchup for Penny anyhow, and once we kept getting Detroit's injury reports and lost both Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark in that game, you just figured that it made out even better for the Seahawks to not only pull an upset and win the money line, they were five-point dogs, I believe, but also for Rashad Penny to explode. And it didn't look like we were going to get there in the first half, I'll say that, but uh, at least he spiked those two long touchdowns in the second half. I didn't expect him to come in at 30% rostered in small field. Whenever lineups locked and I saw that, I was shocked. But he was still awesome. He was still good to have. The price was really, really cheap on DK specifically. Yeah. I see we're talking DK, right? Yes, DK. Um, and DK lineups last week were interesting because the winners pretty much just played all the chalk, but then just tacked on six percent Geno Smith to it. And it's like, oh, I'll just I'll just do the the five man onslaught of the same game and take down every tournament. Easy money. Yeah, I I'm sure uh last time last uh, time uh, last week at this time, I was talking about Geno Smith and Cash or Geno Smith in general, and I was not happy about it. I'm like, that's where we're at. And if you just stay with it, you, you felt pretty good about it because any game against Detroit, well, we're going to put that theory to the test, right? Because Detroit uh, this week is playing against New England, and New England's not a fun offense. We'll see if Mac Jones is good to go. He's super, super cheap if you want to consider that route. But, yeah, um, I'm really curious to pick your guys' brains as far as what you like this week because, to me, uh, Rich, uh, and feel free to throw back to last week. Any thoughts as far as last week? But your, your overall screenshot for week five – Man, again, a lot of good stuff, not in the main slate, a lot of the main pieces and, you know, no game that's really jumping off the board. I guess can Arizona hang with Philly? We'll have that conversation to keep Philly's offense moving. But yeah, well, what do you have as far as your overview on this slate before we dive in and break it down as far as the three main games? I'm excited about it because it's fun. Like I love, we love when nothing just stands out, right? There's not a chalky game. <laughs> Uh, and you know what I also feel too, I feel like last week was like a turning corner, right? You know, I'd always try to, you know, absorb September. We try to find our way to the land. And then last week, you know, it felt like, you know, from an, an analyst perspective, from a DFS playing perspective, like just had a better grasp and everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, it was just a, a one week thing where things went well, but you know, it feels like, uh, I'm going to use that as confirmation bias that we're starting to take some of this, you know, evidence-based, you know, data and p- apply it the proper ways. Uh, also there's a, did, I couldn't believe this when I heard it, but that London game is the first time that I couldn't believe this stat that it's the first time that two teams with a winning record have ever played in a London game. Like what That's are we amazing. Sending, What are we sending them? Like usually the Jags, the Jaguars. The pre 2022 Jaguars. What an absolute joke. <laughs> and they keep, they keep beating it up. They love that game over there in London. It sells out every single time. And we may not even give them their best. It may be Jake Fromm facing off against Aaron Rodgers. We'll have to wait and see. Is that okay? I haven't dug into that. I I did see the Giants receivers, and I'm sure you guys saw this combined for three catches and 25 yards. (laughs) They're three and one. (laughs) You 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 shouldn't play any defensive backs against the the Giants. Uh, You know, maybe this week you can now. When Wandell and Kadarius Tony play, that's fine. But. Yeah, uh, you just you just put eleven up in the box and you just try to stop Saquon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the Giants and the Bears playing games like in nineteen twenty two or something like that. It's absolutely 
And Dave, did you catch any of that game? Uh, I know it probably wasn't on red zone because they didn't get in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> right I, I will not take any red zone slander. The uh, last like four <laughs> minutes of that game, the Giants lost both their quarterbacks and Saquon just played wildcat and like ran the clock out for like the final four minutes. I did see that. I did. I did actually show that at Red Zone when Barkley was wrong. Yeah. So I did. I did that. But I've not watched the game, or I've not watched the the condensed version. Do you do you do that? You watch like the condensed version, like the what twenty five minutes, thirty minutes? Occasionally, yeah. I want to go back and watch stuff. I will sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to watch them all, but if you want to look at the all twenty two and stuff like that, I love the all twenty two on Amazon. Are you guys watching that? Oh yeah. Okay. We're, we we have an agreement. We we when Amazon has like the option, just so the people know. And John, I'm not sure if you're on board with this, or you're aware, but you have the option to put the all 22 uh, on the screen. That's pretty cool. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I actually didn't know that you could do it. I do. You still get the same broadcasters if you go all 22. Yeah, it's even better too because they show you pre-snap where everyone's lined up and everything. Like they do, like and they and. They do like squiggly routes. They like do like trackers where the guys are running routes. Oh, okay. As long as I don't lose Kirk Herbstreet learning about NFL football live, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet had never watched an NFL football game before week one, and it's kind of like it's kind of like listen to a child discover what the NFL is. So um, I like actually listening to him because he has no idea what's going on. Is is that your own theory, or is that something he's kind of alluded to? Uh, you could tell when you listen to him when that yeah. the fact that he only references references college their college films, even if they've been in the league for nine years by now. Um, it's pretty interesting listening to Herb Street. Has he had work done? I feel like he said work done. Probably. Yeah. Like they zoomed in on the other day. I'm like, I think he's like, isn't like 55 these days, Herb Street? I don't know. But that was my thought. I wasn't thinking about, about his analysis. I was thinking he looks really young and something looks different about him. Maybe that's just definitely me. check out the all 22 prime. That's a winner. Yeah. It's not going to be like, that's not the default channel, but you want to go to that. Yeah. Just slide over a couple and you'll find it um, in the chat. They're talking about what's up chat. We appreciate when you guys listen to us live on the YouTube. Kindly hit that like button. Do subscribe and turn on those notifications. First couple comments I see is the Giants are going to win the division and that the Jalen Hurts is overrated. Come on. My son in this chat? <laughs> is your son a Giants fan? Oh, he's a huge Giants fan, yeah. I thought your son's a Cleveland fan, though. Or it just depends on the sport. He loves uh, he loves the Giants. He grew up liking Victor Cruz and has stuck with him. Uh, Victor Cruz is his favorite football player and stuck with him. He might as well be playing right now, Victor Cruz, with the Giants. Like, would, would there be any difference? <laughs> would anybody even know? I don't know. Um, John, did you have a thought as far as this 12-game or as far as the main slate before we dive in and break it down? Any kind of overarching take? Uh, are you thinking now after four weeks now we're getting the, the sample sizes are getting bigger, we're learning roles more and more, and that's being more helpful going forward? Yeah, and it may be results-oriented, but I did feel a lot more comfortable last week as well. Uh, I ended up onslaughting the Chargers and getting the pieces right and Herbert Eckler and Mike Williams around that Lions game last week. So feeling really good coming into this week. It's also fun, as you mentioned, because tied in, like I've had some people reach out and mention Tyler Higby and Zach Ertz, but what makes tied in so fun is that you're also not scared to fade those guys. Like those guys don't kill you. So you could literally just go completely off the board this week. And I got a couple suggestions. Um, I'm excited for this week. I like the shitty slates. They're my most, they're my favorite. I'm just, I just want to get over week four because I'm a chalk donkey through and through. And I made the bold decision to like almost fully fade Hawkinson. And <laughs> that, 
was the, yeah, we're not. That was the key piece. Not even Jamal Williams could get you there. Like you pretty much had to have Hawkinson to, to be serious last week. It was like that week last year where uh, Jonathan Taylor, had like the five touchdowns against the bills. Like if you didn't have that piece, like it didn't yeah. matter. Like you had to have Hawkinson. Uh, the dude that boned me actually a really great week. Uh, but, I, I came around in Hawkinson because like Dagle ran down the injury report and I was like, well, I just have to do it. Uh, but the dude that I just couldn't get the mental hurdle over was Josh Jacobs. And that's the, yeah. that's like the one piece that stopped me from like really shipping a bunch of things. Uh, if I just would have gotten over my own bias on Josh Jacobs, uh, we would have made it. Cause I had a ton of that Broncos stat, like the Broncos and, and it was, we were cooking, man. And, and Josh Jacobs is out here looking like 1994 Bo Jackson. Uh, just <laughs> incredible. I got Adams over Jacobs at 12% in small field on FanDuel, too. I felt really good, but it didn't matter because Jacobs just scorched the earth. Yeah, I always thought Jacobs wasn't going to play this year because he played the Hall of Fame game for too long. So <laughs> that, that's what I was told, and I stuck with that take. And, yeah, man, uh, he's looking spectacular, and his role is awesome as well. Another team that's off the slate, the Raiders Chiefs. That should be a fun one on Monday mm-hmm. night. All right, the very first game we're going to be talking about in our three-game set uh, Seattle. Seattle left the Saints uh, 46 as far as the total. Seattle's a five-point dog here in New Orleans in the Dome. Uh, John, I guess I saw limited practice for Kamara. Michael Thomas and Winston, I believe, did not practice today at all. Where are we at on a Wednesday night? Uh, if you're going to speculate who's going to be in, who's going to be out come Sunday? We're touch and go with, with, the, with Seattle's – no, with New Orleans' offense right now. But what we do know is that Jared Goff – was still able to finish as the QB1 last week against yeah. Seattle's defense. So we have to take into account um, this Saints offense, no matter who is out there, because Seattle's defense has now permitted the second highest rate of explosive passes, 15-plus yards downfield this year, and a league-high 8.3 yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. Andy Dalton was also frisky. Not elite, but frisky. <laughs> um I don't know, honestly. I'm still 50-50 on Jameis Winston, who I actually think is a pretty awesome tournament play this week, especially because he is leveraged with Chris Olave, since we know that's where everyone's going to go, um, no matter what, whether Winston plays or not. But overall, yeah, I do think we may get Winston. I think we definitely get Kamara, and then I would guess we don't get Michael Thomas. And as we saw last week, Marcus Callaway, who will probably get interesting on DraftKings given his stone minimum salary, led the team in routes run last week. Six targets as well behind Olave seven as Michael Thomas's fill-in. So that's kind of where I stand on a Wednesday. Yeah, uh, let me ask you this follow-up question. Let's say it's Dalton, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dalton, I think it's 5'2 or 5'3 on DK. We also have I pres- Teddy Bridgewater at 5'4 versus the Jets. And what if we have Mac Jones at 5-2 versus Detroit? Uh, you're talking about uh, picking on that Seattle defense. I mean, you know better than me. I, I would guess Detroit was the number one team to pick on with quarterbacks. I don't know, but they feel like they would be on the family feud board. Um, your favorite amongst cheap quarterbacks, if it's Dalton. And Winston, by the way, is 5-5, five, five, so he's also super cheap mm-hmm. as well. If he goes, and I would think, ideally, you'd want to spend a few extra bucks for Winston over Dalton. I don't know. Uh, your favorite amongst that grouping, though. You have one that kind of stands out? I think it's still Winston, since we also know he was throwing downfield uh, a top four rate on attempts 20-plus yards downfield before his injury. Mac Jones was actually leading the league in 20-yard passes before his injury. Um, But I don't think it's necessary to get to Mac Jones because the receivers, we can 
we can play that are leveraged off of Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. We'll talk about them and the positional plays, like Devontae Parker, for instance, if Jacoby Myers doesn't play, Hunter Henry if Jonu Smith is out. Like those receivers are still single different le- digital leverage. So we don't have to worry about playing Mac Jones and worrying about the injury. You can still play those other guys and try to soak up the touchdowns away from the running backs instead. So I don't think it's necessary to play Mac Jones. Rich, do you have a favorite cheap quarterback, ideally? And I don't even necessarily have to. And I, I ran some optimals before the show. And for the record, I'm FanDuel. Like 90% of them hate either Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. Like you're just paying up for one of those two on FanDuel in your optimal cash game build on a Wednesday night. DK, it's a little bit more spread out. Uh, the biggest number is Josh Allen for what it's worth at 35%. Then Brady and Mariota, then Hurts, then Mac Jones, assuming he plays. But let's say we're, we're uh, scraping the barrel. We're on New Orleans. Feel free to throw out New Orleans if you want. But uh, do you have a preference amongst Mac Jones, Bridgewater, and New Orleans quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I'm going into it expecting that Mac Jones doesn't play. So, okay. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to go with that. I mean, every, every by all accounts, that injury was going to be a multi-week injury. So if we get there, we get there. So uh, I'll recalibrate if he ends up, you know, magically, you know, getting finding a, a new leg and putting it on uh, by the end of the week. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, Dale kind of hit a, hit on like I mean, you look at this. We talked about it a little bit last week with Seattle. Uh, this defense is by far the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, I mean, they are allowing over three points per possession in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> 55% of the drives against them have score have produced points. They are allowing the league high 8.2 yards for passing play. Now put some context around this. They, they have played Russell Wilson. They have played Trey Lance, who got hurt at the start of the game, and Jimmy Garoppolo. They played wow. Marcus Mariota, and they have played Jared Goff, Missing Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and DJ Shark. Like, and th- this defense is absolutely abysmal. That's amazing. Like this, this defense, you can do whatever you want. It's you can. There's not one positional unit that when you look up how they're doing in Seattle, they're they're awesome. They don't stop anything. They don't stop anything on the ground. They don't stop anything through the air. Tight ends, uh, fullbacks, whatever you want to start against these guys. Like you can just fire up anybody you want. Uh, so we're just waiting to see who the Saints quarterback is going to be, right? Because, like, that guy is going to be live. There's just no way he won't be live. Uh, I actually – why Jameis would be, like, the most fun, obviously, for Jameis reasons. Dalton actually was, like, a way better real-life quarterback for the Saints last week. Like, you forget the Saints coming into that London game had scored one offensive touchdown outscored outside of the fourth quarter on 25 possessions. Like, Jameis was outright losing them football games. Dolan at least just, like, kept, kept them around and, like, and, and just, like, they were alive at the end of the game. Uh, so, at least if Dalton can facilitate a little bit, maybe we get more of these pieces, like, that we really want to play, like the Alaves, the Alvin Kamaras, uh, not the Adam Troutmans, but he's out there running routes now. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, like, guys like Alave and Kamara. Alave 5'7 on DK, Thomas 5'8. We'll wait and see as far as his availability. You mentioned Callaway, uh, Johnny's 3'3. Three, three. And then Kamara is 6'6, six, six, which is like, I, when was the last time we saw Kamara at 6'6? Six, six? I feel like that's been a long time, if, if ever. Um, it's been a while. Even uh, Jarvis Landry would be freaking live in this game. Da- Imagine what you can do, Dean, with Dalton, Alave, <laughs> and Marcus Callaway. Um, <laughs> You could fit Derrick Henry. You could go up at wide receiver. You could do whatever the hell you want. Is uh, so. What is your favorite uh, starting point as far as the New Orleans side? If you're gonna like, assuming everybody's healthy, everybody's good to go. Let's just assume that just for the conversation. Who would be your favorite like player to start with on New Orleans? 
I'm eating the Alave chalk. I can't get away from it. Since week two, he's averaging 11 targets per game, uh, 29.7% target share in that span, and he has nearly 300 more air yards than the next closest player in the NFL in that time. Like, it's not only it, – it may have been prayer yards if it was three targets per game, but now that they're jamming him double-digit dig- targets per game, both downfield, uh, Matt Harmon also charted his routes last week, and Alavi ran, like, the most expansive route tree with Andy Dalton. He's run all season. So they're also using him in different ways now uh, to make life easier for him and Dalton. So I, I think I'm definitely just eating Olave and calling it a day. Yeah, question in chat from Josh, and I was thinking the same thing. I'll ask Rich. The Dalton, is he going to throw down the field? Is he going to have a similar A dot? Is he going to be as ambitious? Or is he going to be like a quarterback manager, right? A game manager. Um, like, like you said, uh, Rick's like Dalton feels like he'd be more fun. I'm sorry, Wilton. Winston feels like he'd be more fun. You know, he'll take some more chances. But how much of a significant drop is that as far as uh, would Dalton take the same or similar risks to make him worth playing for some upside? No, not as Winston, but like, yeah. like Winston, we're just like, said a lot of those air yards Hagel just quoted. Like they don't, they weren't real. Those are fictional. <laughs> those are fiction. Those are what we call prayer yards. They were, they weren't real. They were, those are like, they, they were not catchable targets on any level. Uh, at least we're getting catchable targets to, you know, these are players. And imagine if you just give him some better players. Think about what Dalton played with last week. It was just a lave. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's all he had. Like we don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play, but Alvin Kamara has stated he's going to play. Uh, we'll see, you know, if they get, you know, Cesar Ruiz back up front. Cause remember they were down two offensive linemen too in that game. Uh, Andrews Pete didn't play that game either. So like, if they just have better pieces too, it could be better. And like, so the matchup's better. Like the, the Vikings are just a way different tier of defense. They're not even good, really that good compared to what Seattle's putting on the field right now. John, you're going back to Penny. He's still pretty cheap on DK five, three feels like he didn't get a big enough bump. That is pretty cheap, but I don't think it's the weak. For Penny, I think yeah. I'll still be attacking through the air. Uh, Geno Smith now has two top seven finishes at quarterback with 25 fantasy points per game the past two weeks. And it did come in soft matchups against the Falcons and Lions, but we're still expecting the volume to at least be there. The Seahawks are... 15th in pace and third in no huddle rate the past two games, averaging 66 plays compared to running less than 50 in both weeks one and two after Pete Carroll mentioned that they need to actually play faster and be an up-tempo offense. Um, the Saints are also next to last in pressure rate, and Kyler Murray is averaging is the only quarterback averaging a higher completion rate than Geno Smith from a clean pocket this year. So I do think we're going to get some pushback for the Saints as well through the air in particular. I was taking a look at uh, Derek Cardi, uh, the blitz, his game-level factors, and this actually is the third uh, projected total, third highest projected total as far as actual game plays behind the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game and the Arizona-Philadelphia uh, game, which we'll be talking about that one shortly. Uh, Rich, talking about the Seattle side. Yeah, uh, Seattle's definitely – this would be like a, the truth game, right? Because like, mm-hmm. like Daniel said, <laughs> like you, you play Atlanta, then you play Detroit. Like two teams that have been kind of bonanzas all year, but they, to be fair, they smashed in those games. Like they didn't just like you know tippy toe around those matchups and like scored twenty four points. Like they played they played really well in those games, and Geno had really high output. Uh, and the biggest thing is we're just like these receivers have life again, right? Like two weeks into the season, it was like 
man, like, <laughs> wow, DK Metcalf looks like just in shambles. Like, holy shit, this dude's just like, it's like just going to waste the year of his career. Uh, you know, what, what's Tyler Lockett going to do? And like, these guys are functional now. Like they're, they're like live plays now. Uh, DK is obviously the, the man coverage killer. Uh, he actually, since he's entered the NFL leads the all wide receivers and target rate per route on against man coverage. Uh, and the saints are kind of one of these teams that go like in between, they go in and out of playing zone and man. Uh, so if we see him, you know, get these one-on-one matchups with Marshawn Lattimore, he's going to have a chance to make plays. Geno's giving him a chance to make plays. And then Tyler Lockett's just been like the anti version of Tyler Lockett. We've seen his whole career, right? Like Tyler Lockett was like, I'll get you like 12 for 120 and two touchdowns. And then I'll go like three weeks of not doing anything. Now he's just like a steady Eddie floor play. You look at not nine for 107, nine for 76, six for 91 the past three weeks. Like he's just, he's just getting there. And he's with Geno being, the as accurate as he's been he's you know he leads the nfl in completion rate he leads the nfl in completion rate over expectation like lockett's found like this new like stability there and like we haven't even seen him like really connect on like big plays because we know he's still capable as well uh so i mean yeah that's the big thing is that like we've seen two players that we know inherently are good and dk metcalf and taylor kyle lockett and like almost like a phoenix they've risen from the ashes you know attached to geno smith like who would have figured this out (laughs) <laughs> Russ was holding him back. Geno Smith is saving him, like we all predicted. Uh, I see in the chat they're talking about Latavius Murray potentially being the goal line back. Uh, he's no longer on the Orleans. He had a cup of coffee yeah. and he's out, and uh, he's on Denver now. So yeah, proud of UCF. Latavius it's Dagle's favorite player in the NFL now too. Uh, this is absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous. I had to rewrite a whole waiver wire column during <laughs> halftime of Monday Night Football. What are we doing? <laughs> hey, he's got a better opportunity for touches there in Denver, so he's out. He's like, I'm, I, I don't need any of this nonsense. That's that's what the four for four waiver wire column says. But uh, a lot of other people are going Mike Boone, so we'll see. We'll see who wins in the end. Yeah, I mean, is it well, is do either one of them have a lot of value right now, or just gonna be some kind of goofy split where it's gonna be a mess? It's probably gonna be a goofy split. There are reports that the Broncos were actually going to cut Melvin Gordon. If Javante Williams, like if they came out of that game, like apparently the Broncos are so unhappy with Melvin Gordon's fumbles that like they are completely down on him. Uh, Latavius Murray is obviously the three down back over Mike Boone. At least he projects as such. So we're just, we're just taking long-term swings for the fences. I'm in a couple leagues where FFPC, especially where uh, I'm getting by on Jamal Williams, my RB two, but that's only good to week seven. What do you do after that? So I've taken a couple bids on Latavius Murray. Hey, what do we have as, uh, as far as New Orleans defensively? Because I remember coming into the year, like a lot of people were touting them as possibly being the best defensive unit. It doesn't look like that, according to the scores. I've not fully dove in like you guys have. Uh, Rich, John, like, what do, is it still incomplete? How good is this New Orleans defense? They're good. Uh, they're ninth in passing points allowed. Uh, they're seventh in passing points allowed per game. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, they're ninth in passing uh, points allowed per attempt. Uh, they're allowing to six and a half yards for pass attempt, a 2.3% touchdown rate. They Now they have faced like Baker Mayfield and Mariota. They face Brady and Cousins too as the other two guys. Uh, so, I mean, they've been good. They've been solid. They're terrible at rushing the passer though. They're dead last in the NFL in pressure rate, uh, which is something that we weren't really expecting, you know, because they actually were pretty good in that department last year. Um, but they've been solid. They've got good players. As I said, this is kind of like a test for the Seattle side. Like they are still good here. Then like we can, it was kind of where we were the Jaguars last week, and like we really didn't got we got kind of an incomplete because of the weather there. Yeah, but 
we did get some truths. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of where we are with Seattle this week. It's like, all right, you showed us two weeks against two really bad defenses that, like, we can at least play you a matchup basis. But what if we need to come to you every week? That's what we'll find out this week. John, you got anything else for us this game or shall I move on? If you want a very cheap tight end, he oh, yeah. is he is doing it from outside the 10-yard line. Will Disley has a touchdown in three or four games, and he hasn't scored any of them inside the 10-yard line. But at the same time, he was the first Seattle tight end all year last week to run a route on at least 60% of dropbacks. They are leaning on him, presumably more. He's also second on the team in red zone targets, just behind DK Metcalf. He's 3,300 on DraftKings. And again, tight end is wide open this week. So if you're playing this game, you're looking for a a sneaky like run back, perhaps, with your Chris Olave. Uh, Will Disley, I may play in a few lineups. Game two on the docket, Tennessee at Washington. 42.5 is the total, Tennessee. Couple point favorite here. Traylon Burke unlikely to play. Uh, carted off last game. Uh, also, this game is projected to have the fewest plays, a really, really slow pace if you throw out the Cincinnati Baltimore game, which is not on the slate. So, on the slate, Cardi's got not a lot of plays going on this game. John, I got to be, uh, be honest. I was a little surprised to see this game pop up in the three that we're featuring. You probably, there's got to be some stat or some player you really want to focus on here. Well, I kept on trying to get away from Cardinals Eagles, but then I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I guess like everyone's going to play that game. So we have to talk about the Cardinals and the Eagles every single week. But also, you asked me who my favorite cheap quarterback is. I think oh. it may be Carson Wentz, honestly, because if you put it into context, he was a top six quarterback in fantasy in both opening games against the Jaguars and Lions. But then the last two weeks, He's played the Eagles and Cowboys, who are top 10 in pressure rate. So the Titans compare more to those first two games since the Titans are bottom five in pressure rate right now. So I think we could get some pushback from the commanders here. And with Jahan Dotson likely out this week, expecting to miss the next one to two games with his hamstring injury, the target tree also condenses. So, like, double stacking him is quite easily too if you want to get there. Oh man, uh, Terry! I, Dean, imagine uh, what you can do with your lineup if you double stack <laughs> Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel. I, I can mean, throw the it. Straight the world the is garbage. your oyster. <laughs> it goes straight. In the, Carson Wentz straight in the garbage. Isn't? I thought I saw a note today. Maybe I make was it like a speculation that they might want to get rid of Wentz already. Is that, am there, I there are there are some rumors that internally they are pretty much done with him. Uh, but again, it's an easy matchup. This is the He's spot. He's going to hang out with Melvin Gordon somewhere I, this week. Last I checked, the Millie Maker's only 20 bucks. There's a lineup yeah. waiting there for you. <laughs> uh, um, the Carson Wentz Carolina season's going to be real fun. Ready to love that. Oh, my gosh. He's – well, all right. Um, Rich, can you buy into this Wentz nonsense? I, the one point I was going to ask, and, you know, John made it. It's like, it, will he have some time? Because he desperately needs time back there. He can't move. He's a mobile and, you know, he's the kind of guy I, – I feel like he's been sacked a lot this year. I could be wrong on that. He gets pressured often. But um, that's just that's just from the red zone I've been watching, Rich. You can confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> I can only uh, watch yes. so much uh, Yes, he, he, he was. He faced two top ten teams in pressure rate, like Daigle said, the past two weeks. The Tennessee Titans are 26th in pressure rate. The Tennessee Titans have also a lot of QB1 score in three straight games. Two of those guys have been Derek Carr Matt Ryan. Not exactly like dudes that you're going to like pencil in and say like, all right, well, what's the the fantasy stones throw away? Like Wentz is still like in that group. Uh, they've surrendered 
Uh, they're 23rd in completion rate allowed. They're 31st in yards allowed per pass attempt. They're 27th in yards allowed per completion. They're 31st in touchdown rate allowed. Yeah, I mean, once it showed, at least from the small sample we have this season, like in he's been able to exploit bad matchups and he's been really avoidable when the matchups get better. So like this would be one to say like, yeah, he can get there. Now we just need the Titans not to get out to an early lead and start running the football like last week. Um, but there are a few plays in this game that I think are really interesting. The first guy is Terry McLaurin. Hell yeah. Uh, Terry yeah. McLaurin on paper looks like one of the biggest like sharp buys I think of this week. Um, with Jahan Dotson, you know, sideline, like Dagle said, it condenses the kind of route tree. But where it's, Terry McLaurin runs his routes is where the Titans are just absolutely getting flambéed right now. They are allowing a league-high 75%, 75% catch rate and 12.3 yards per target to boundary wide receivers. They've allowed the highest completion rate on throws over 20 yards downfield. Terry McLaurin leads the commanders in percent of routes run 20 yards downfield. Uh, they are just getting absolutely crushed. Uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, when I did the game write-ups, like he stood out immediately in this game. It's like, ooh, people probably are not going to want to play this dude. But I thought that about Rashad Penny last week. We did his show too, and we got around there too. But uh, yeah, he looks really good. And then I think Robert Woods uh, also looks like a really intriguing option in this game on DraftKings more than FanDuel, uh, especially with Traylon Burks being out. Um, Washington is 28th in yards per target allowed to opposing wide receivers. They're 30th in touchdown rate. Uh, This is another game like the other quarterback in this matchup also has a good matchup. He's also been playing a lot better football than Carson Wentz consistently too. But Washington, like they just regularly just like have guys all alone defensively. Like they don't even go, they don't even guard guys. Like, I mean, you saw a CD lamb touchdown last week. They give up multiple plays like that a week. Like their community, they have communication issues. And the, the, the cool thing about it is they're, they're actually good against the run. Like they, they're, so they're just funneling people to throw like on this just ass secondary. Uh, they can't guard him. So I think Robert Woods is very interesting at his price too. So there are two like cheapy guys. Like you might not onslaught this game, but I think there are two pretty cheap guys in McLaurin and Woods that are very intriguing in this matchup. I, I really do like Carson Wentz a lot. Uh, the issue is that the, the, really the theme of the slate is can you get off of Tom Brady or Josh Allen? And so that's what I think about whenever I think about playing Carson Wentz. And okay, maybe I should just skinny stack McLaurin with Derrick Henry and McLaurin with Robert Woods, like Rich said. And do you have Brady ahead of Hurts? I I like Brady a lot this week. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that one in a second. It's interesting you guys both want to focus on the ones, right, with the injuries of the both receivers. Like you're not necessarily talking about how uh, – and I know the depth is really bad. Like the Curtis Samuels of the world or the uh, N- NWIs of the world for Tennessee. Uh, the depth for Tennessee is, is horrific. Maybe does Derrick Henry get five more passes thrown his way? Is that going to continue? Because Tennessee is kind of out of receivers – they might have a, a better receiving core than the Giants, but not many other teams. Um, John, does that continue? Is that is that uh, is that going to keep happening? Is Henry going to get five, six looks once again in the passing game? I don't know if it's ever continued for two games, and it has continued the last two games. So I keep yeah. being I keep being skeptical. Like in week three, six targets matched his career high. Uh, week five, or and then last week he had five targets. That was the second most he's ever seen in his career. So now he's basically matched career highs and back-to-back games. Um, also running around on 49% of dropbacks, 
23% target share in that span. So it may be because they don't have anywhere else to go, even though a target to Derrick Henry is very efficient. But overall, I, I don't know why it would go away since we're looking up and Kyle Phillips is still questionable. Traylon Burks carted off with tur turf toe, won't play this game. Um, it's really only Robert Woods. So, yeah, I still like Derrick Henry a lot. Yeah, you think that's going to continue, Rich? Because, again, like there's nobody – it's like the Giants sort of. Like but Barkley, of course, has a history of catching a bunch of passes. Henry, not so much. But where are the options? If, if you're not throwing it to Woods, you're not throwing it to Henry, who are you throwing it to on Tennessee? Well, the cool thing about the last two weeks with Derrick Henry is they're doing what everyone's literally screamed for the last, you know, four years. They're because he's only run 13 and 11 pass routes. Like he's not getting actual like dump offs. Like he's not getting checkdowns. They're running designed plays for yeah. him in the past game. And that's like all we said is like, hey, all we're asking you to do is run one screen pass a half to Derrick Henry, right? Like that's all we used to say. Like just just do it once, once each half. And like they're kind of doing those things, right? Like the, so. It's, it'd be one thing if, like, he just, like, luck boxed into some targets on, like, some checkdowns, right? But they're calling designed pass plays for him for the first time consistently. Uh, it's only a two-game sample, but with all their injuries, like, I don't see why they wouldn't really get – why they would just immediately go away from that. And I also think that they have to do that because they suck at running the football. Uh, last week was the first week they actually run the – they ran the ball effectively, but, like, this offensive line has just been just been better. They lost Taylor Lawan coming into the season uh, – at the start of the season – they really have struggled to run the football up until every game until last week. So I think they've incorporated some of that stuff to kind of mitigate, you know, some of the ineffectiveness that they've had running the football. We just need them not to like really get ahead. You saw last week when they laid at halftime against the Colts, they drew six passes in the second half of that game. Like we can't have that happen. John, before we move on, did you want to feature one of these terrible tight ends? You said you had some garbage tight ends you want to throw out there. Has anybody in this game uh, catch your eye? Are you a big uh, Jeff Swain guy? Uh, Thomas doing anything for you? I'm, we did talk about the condensed target tree, so it's literally <laughs> just Curtis Samuel, who has led this team in target somehow in every game this year. Terry McLaurin, who Rich already discussed, is is an awesome play from the boundary against the Titans. And then Logan Thomas is their third receiver, logically. Uh, we've seen his route participation increase in every game, leading to a season-high route on 70% of dropbacks last week. So we think that only grows. And now is the opportunity where he could have targets and place a Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson was only getting there on touchdowns anyways. He converted his three end zone targets into three touchdowns. That's why he was never really a redraft play. But maybe those instead leak out to Thomas now. So, yeah, I think Logan Thomas is a legitimate play in this slate. Yeah, I was going to ask if, like, Deami Brown at still a minimum 3K. or Is that guy – I think uh, I'm on St. Brown killed them, right? He's dead. Is that – did you see That's that coverage? The... <laughs> it's going to be out there uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be exercising. Uh, well, I, I tweeted out as a day will get any pushback. But uh, Washington has used 11 personnel on 85% of their passing plays, which is third in the NFL. So Diami is uh, going to be give, have to, he'll have a shot at retribution. Maybe, maybe he's learned something since last year, but if we recall correctly, uh, he earned a, a target on only 12% of routes last year. Like, uh, he didn't have Carson Wentz, though. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I like McLaurin, like I said. And, and it, it kind of lines up, too, because Samuel, uh, Tennessee actually has been pretty decent against slot receivers so far this year. And, like, Samuel, the other thing about Samuel is he's kind of a trap because not only do you need inherent volume for him to get there, like, he also has to score a touchdown. I mean, he's only averaging 8.4 yards per catch and 5.9 yards per target because of the role he's in. 
Like he has to get a lot of targets to one, even get you to a salary. And then he has to score a touchdown to kind of push you over. So now that he's like been kind of like a hot guy the last couple of weeks and his price has gotten the fives, I don't really see a lot of great value on him, uh, you know, anymore. Between Carson Wentz and Diami Brown, I'm definitely scratching my lottery ticket in the Millie Maker this week. <laughs> I can already tell you. I'm already, aching. Marcus I'm already aching to lose that 20 bucks this week. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys did talk me into it. I know it's going to be a slow game, right? But we kind of know who the targets are going to be. And I like the – I'm not attaching myself to these quarterbacks. I can't. I can't stoop. I can't do it. But uh, McLaurin and Woods, I, I like running those two at each other. I was, I I was pretty, pretty surprised when I saw it open at uh, 42 and a half, and it continues increasing. But I was pretty shocked when I saw that total. Yeah, I mean, this is the NFL in 2022. There are no – like, the, uh, mid-40s, you're like, ooh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Have you seen San Fran, Carolina? Yeah. 39. Well, <laughs> 30, you'll probably 30, go under, too. The, the 49ers may score 37, and it still goes under. Oh, God. Oh, Baker Mayfield, the stench. All right, uh, game three. Let's talk about Philadelphia, Arizona. This is the highest total on the board. It's not at 50, but it's at 49. Uh, Philadelphia, five-point favorite here in Arizona. We're in the Dome as well, too. Got to love Hurts in the Dome. That offense is is moving. It's looking pretty solid. Like you said, there was kind of that monsoon, whatever it was, the uh, last week with Jacksonville. Didn't get a full – I, I don't think that game would be more fun if it was uh, we actually got to see how it played out in a perfect environment. But the tricky thing with this one, and I'm sure you've seen this, Rich, is like how bad Arizona's been in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and th- I guess you, there's one or two ways to look at it, that they're making good halftime adjustments because in the halftime, <laughs> the second half, they tend to come back and do pretty well and make the games close sometimes. What's what's go? I mean, is there anything to make of that, or is that just like small sample size stuff? Or um, You can't really get behind three touchdowns to Philadelphia. That could be a problem. Rich may have actually started this first half trend, honestly. Not okay. just to hear about it. Because his tweet was fire. Which one was that? The fantasy points for Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. Oh, the first yeah, yeah. Second yeah half. They're like bizarro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing about Jalen Hurts is, and we've talked about it, I think we brought it up in like week two or three where we called it like the happy learned how to putt moment. Uh, <laughs> like he's winning in structure. Even last week in that game in the rain, like he threw, he, he threw 8.2 yards for pass attempt. Like, He's winning in structure as a passer. He doesn't need these like jailbreak scenarios to get there because they're coming out and just thumping teams offensively. Uh, their offense actually looked really good when they like in, in that in that monsoon. Like once after that pick six on the tip ball to start the game, like their offense was just m- moving the football, like just like it regularly would. Like the weather didn't impact them at all. Um, and but what's hurt the Eagles is that. They haven't trailed at all in the second half, not for a single snap. They have, have they trailed. They're the only team in the NFL. Uh, and it's kind of capped Jalen Hurts. He has the most fantasy points in the NFL in the first half of games. The next closest player is almost 30 points behind him. Guess how many points he scored in the second half? He's 156. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in the second half of a game. He hasn't rushed a touchdown in the second half. He's thrown just 38 passes in the second half through four weeks because they've never trailed. They've never had to do anything. No team has challenged them. If we like, what could Jalen Hurts do if he actually plays a full game? Like oh, he's man. out here ripping off top five quarterback weeks, playing a half of football every week. Like, I mean, I don't know if Arizona is going to be the team to do it because, like <laughs> you said, Cliff has these guys starting in a hole, and it's only Wednesday. But I don't know if you guys saw this, but the entire Arizona offensive line minus one player mispracticed today. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's only Wednesday, but not great encouraging signs, you know. There uh, to start off. 
Um, and I don't know if it's really that Cliff's making adjustments. The game is just in like a complete jailbreak scenarios and Kyler's just doing Kyler stuff like in the second half. Uh, I don't really see, think that they're doing anything and like making necessarily changes. The Arizona offense in particular is very interesting because they're very slow this year. They're like 31st in neutral pace. They're 31st in use of motion. They're not using motion anymore at all. Um, and they're not generating any explosive plays at all. Uh, they're 32nd in the NFL explosive play rate. Uh, Kyler has thrown for under six yards or pass attempt in every game this season. Uh, this is like the opposite of what we've seen from them in the past. Like they, when they were not even that great with Cliff, they were still playing fast. They were still moving guys all over the field and they're making adjustments. Like they just suck. They're just stagnant. They're stale. They're not fun at all. Um, and like, like I said, the Eagles have been dog walking teams. Like what's to make me think they're just not going to dog walk the Cardinals this week. Yeah. Uh, is it the absence of uh, Hopkins and uh, Edmonds and more or just, well, is there one thing you can kind of point to that makes Arizona just be so terrible? Like, it feels like they've taken a big step back. I mean, they have, uh, they have a bunch of dudes hurt and they're just not like really that talented. I mean, they're, they're, their roster outside of Kyler and Hollywood Brown is like all old guys, like even defensively, like they built their defense on signing like all these old veterans. They tried to sign a bunch of old veterans on the offensive line. Like, they just don't have a lot of good young players. Like it, it's just a shortage. They don't. And then, and then you combine like the you add a, an injury on the insult this season because they have been one of the most injured teams to start the year. You have no depth behind any of those guys, and it's just exposed. And then you throw in like Cliff's game management, and so it's just been it's just been like a house of cards. And ironically, they're tied for first place in the division. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? And that's why you've seen Marquise Brown have at least 11 targets in three consecutive games. Zach Ertz have six catches in three consecutive games as a full-time player because, like, there's nowhere else to go. Like, these are their two guys. But, again, even on a tight end deprived slate, you're you're not worried about Zach Ertz killing you. You don't care. You could fade Zach Ertz with confidence if you want, especially if he's going to be high rostered and the highest total of the week. So that's just where we're at right now. If you think this game's going to be close, John, though, you got to love the Philadelphia, the Hurts offense. Arizona's going to find a way to stick with them. I mean, the best case scenario, if you have a, a Hurts stack, is you want them to throw like a pick six in the very first play of the game. That's what you want. And have them chase it for a while. Um, just you give up those two points just to get yourself an extra touchdown on layaway. Um, where, where do you want to start, John? You want to start with Philadelphia? You want to talk about Arizona's offense, why it's been pretty future? They lost Andy and Isabella. We can't, that's no longer a thing, right? I think they, he, they lost Andy Isabella when they drafted him. <laughs> Twitter, um, NFL Twitter is so mad I'm sure yeah yeah I mean if, if you want to play Hertz you mentioned Hertz and Hertz is obviously fine for cash games like he still came out quite well last week and uh, that's when they had a, a 29-14 lead in the fourth quarter so like Hertz is totally fine he's safe in cash game he's still averaging 12 carries per game it's okay uh, but for the receivers AJ Brown's floor this year has been his 25.8% target share in week two. Like, that's literally has been his lowest target share all year. Devonta Smith only has one top 24 finish this season, but no one notices because everyone's enamored with his performance as the overall wide receiver one in week three, whereas A.J. Brown has finished as a top 24 wideout in three or four performances and has yet to finish any lower than wide receiver 38 on the season. Like, A.J. Brown gets there every single week. He never fails you. Plus, still has a obviously top 10 ceiling and leading this team in targets. So I still like A.J. Brown if you're playing Jalen Hurts. And then, of course, 
like where we're at, we haven't, we'll talk about the positional plays, but like where we're at with Devin Singletary or Josh Allen trying to leverage off the passing game, I mean, it's Miles Sanders. Last week without Boston Scott, Sanders handled 78% of backfield touches a season high, and his 67% snap rate was actually the first time any of Philadelphia's running backs logged at least 60% snaps all year. So Sanders is right there too if you just want to get off Hurts and you're still trying to get a piece of this game and leverage Philly's touchdowns. Somebody was missing, right? Boston Scott was missing that game. Is Boston he... Scott was out. Okay, is he expected to be out going forward or we don't know? Uh, I didn't see his practice report today. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter, I guess, is another important question. Or, or is Sanders, that's just... He's uh, just Sanders handled 71% of backfield touches the week prior. Like it was increasing every single week, maybe because how he's playing. Cause he's, he's playing awesome right now. Um, and so I don't know, like, and maybe if Boston got's active, it maybe dips Sanders ownership a tad, but either way, like, you know, the leverage, that's the, that's the one you're playing here. Uh, Rich in a vacuum. Uh, obviously it would matter what your whole lineup is, but you got Hertz or you got Allen. Who would you rather start a lineup with? I would say probably Hurts. It's close. Um, I mean, this Pittsburgh, they just fumbled this thing so bad with Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I mean, you play on Thursday night the week before. You have a long – you have 10 days to get Kenny Pickett ready to play at home against the Jets, right? And they don't do it. And then you end up having to bring him in at halftime, and now he's going to make his first career start on the road in Buffalo as a 14-point underdog. Set up a failure. I mean, the Steelers just botched that situation so bad. And, it, you know, as plain as day, we all watched Trisky play in that Thursday night game, and it was over, right? We all knew it was over. Uh, it's like, hey, you got a long week. It's set up perfect now. And then you, you, you just just botch this. Um, I would – I mean, I have no – I mean, listen, how, how can you ask me to fade Josh Allen? Like, but I mean, <laughs> there, I would say that this game, at least within my – third eye of like range of outcomes for this game. Like I could see like Arizona at least maybe having in the range of outcomes, pushing back more than I could see the Steelers against the Buffalo defense. That's kind of what I'm asking. Yeah. Which game stays closer the longest, I guess. Right. And like Vegas, of course, is saying, you know, Philly on the road, they're only a five point dog. You talk about Buffalo being a massive favorite there against Pittsburgh. And, but will Buffalo just go for the throat? They just, they like to throw the, like they like the way I play Madden. I'll still throw the ball on you in the fourth quarter if I'm up by three touchdowns. I don't care. Stop on the run. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Singletary. They just, they're just throwing the ball to him a ton anyway. He's been, uh, we'll talk about him. I guess we'll talk about running backs, but. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you have a take on that, uh, John, as far as a preference amongst? I don't, pretend Tom Brady's not playing. <laughs> we can talk about Ertz. Or, yeah, uh, I mean, or the, the Bills are the only team on this slate with a 30-point team total. Like, we want exposure to their offense this week. I don't know yeah. if it's through Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie if he goes. Khalil Shakur will be popular as a just a one-player tack-on if Crowder's ruled out. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Um, and it's not like I love Tom Brady. I, it, it's the fact that I don't know what the field's going to do just yet. So if you can pull up early projections, that'd be great. Um, but... Tom Brady presents an opportunity to either double stack him for the last two weeks, or if you don't believe this pass rate over expectation that they've had the past two games, if you believe that it's actually because they trailed 14 to three in the third quarter against the Packers, and then they trailed 21 to three against the chiefs, then you play Leonard Fournette thinking there's still a run heavy offense as eight and a half point favorite. So you can go both ways with Brady. That's why I'm just kind of letting it shake out to see Brady double stacks could be amazing, especially since the target tree is condensed. Chris Godwin, season-high routes run on his dropbacks last week, basically became a full-time player again. The targets go, especially without Cam Brady, they go to only Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So the Tom Brady double stack is right there for everyone. But yeah. if the field gets there... I can leverage off of that for Leonard Fournette since Rashad White didn't get his first touch till they trailed 21 to three. Like, uh, I don't think Rashad White's actually a standalone piece in this offense. I still think it's Leonard Fournette's offense. So I'm just kind of debating which direction do I go? Cause I definitely want a piece of that offense. That price for, uh, you know, we're not on receiver right now, right now, obviously, but that price for Godwin on DK five, nine looks pretty appealing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's going to be the highest roster receiver. Yeah, Brady's going to get there, I think, and he's going to be really popular. Because, uh, dude, we're getting Brady off of a loss against the Falcons at home. Uh, his four games against the Falcons and the Buccaneers, he's been the QB eleven, the QB four, the QB two, and the QB three. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and they can't run the football at all. The Bucks are just th- this yeah. is the, like the one area where like their shortcomings up front. Because Brady, you still can't pressure him. He's going to get rid of the rock. Like he still is not taking any pressure. So he just gets rid of the ball too damn fast. But when it, when the off the 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 missing pieces they've had up front have really shown up when they try to run the football. Leonard Fournette, the past three weeks, he's got 37 carries for 97 yards. Like they just can't run the football. They're like not not a functional running team. Uh, and now that they've got all these horses back, all the wideouts are back. Like they're, they're I think they're gonna wing, they're gonna be winging this thing around. Like for sure. Like and then, like I said, off a loss. Like Brady. I mean, Brady's this one. He's at yeah, at his best. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that brings it up, but there's some off-field situations going on with Brady, right? You know, and who knows how that affects things. And I mean, you you could well, you could use that narrative to yeah. You could go either way, honestly, on that narrative. Sure. Um. By the way, you were asking about ownership. This is Wednesday night. You know, don't take this yep. as gospel. Whatever. Um. Pulling up a uh, Fanduel specifically quarterback ownership. Hurts number one. Allen number two. And then there's a break where Brady and Herbert are basically the same. So uh, Hertz and Allen are clearly the top two guys on Fanduel ownership wise, and I think that holds. I think you're gonna have money for them. One of those two. 
Uh, on DK, yeah, uh, yeah, Fandle just the way the builds work. On DK, it's Allen, then Brady, then Hurts. But Brady and Hurts are very similar. So, yeah, it's going to be Allen up top. At least that's where we're at right now on Wednesday night. But um, those are going to be popular quarterbacks. And then I think people are going to go, if they need to, they might scrape the barrel with some of the guys we've kind of touched on. I don't know how necessary that will be. Uh, what's the story with Gabe Davis, by the way, since we're talking about Buffalo? Uh, he can't get any separation. He's not getting any looks his way. I know he's been playing Hurts. Uh, I have UCF on my brain because I've just got an eye on UCF against SMU. We're, we're in the fourth quarter. They're up 26-13. I know the people out there are very concerned about my Knights, but uh, should we be concerned about Gabe Davis or is he going to be fine? What do you have, Rich? I think he'll more or less you know, end up being fine. I mean, he's going to be a guy that, well, one, he, he, like you said, he's been playing hurt. Two weeks ago, he dropped the touchdown pass, too. If he catches that, we probably aren't talking about this. Uh, and he's also just going to be one of those guys. Like, this is who Gabe Davis is, right? Like, he's kind of a feast or famine guy. Like, he'll give you a two- to three-week stretch where he's kind of, you know, lying dormant, and then he'll pop off and have a 60-yard touchdown or have a multi-touchdown game. Like, it's like that's who he's been to start his career. So, uh, I'm not, like, you know, four weeks in with him playing with a hurt ankle. Like, they still need him. Uh, you know, when you look at, like, the Bills passing game, and we've seen Josh Allen's dot, you know, kind of really plummet this season. You know, his rate of deep throws is way down. His dot's down for his career. And it's largely because it's been digs. And then the next guys in targets have been Isaiah McKenzie and Devin Singletary, who, who are just inherently going to drag your dot down when they are your second and third targets. So uh, I think Buffalo will still get back to, you know, mo- moving the ball vertically. And, you know, we'll see some touchdowns from Gabe along the way here. John, your favorite run back for Arizona in this Philadelphia game? Is it uh, is it, is it Hollywood or is it the revenge game Ertz? One of those two? I forgot we were even on this game. Uh, <laughs> it, would be, it would be Hollywood, and he does have the toughest matchup, but I just don't know where else you go. Again, like knowing the field, and you have Wednesday night projections there, but knowing the field will probably play Ertz. Ertz, again, is not a player I am scared to fade whatsoever since he's just a reception floor guy. I can look elsewhere for a a cheapy touchdown at that position. Um, And Rondell Moore, it's just interesting because we expect A.J. Green to come back this game, who was out last week. But the Cardinals only used three wide receivers, 11 personnel, on just 52% of their snaps last week compared to 81% the first three games. So they actually kind of ran a a different personnel as well. They made Greg Dortch obsolete with Rondell Moore back in the lineup. And so even Moore's eight-and-a-half-yard depth of target from the boundary, while that's interesting, he needs more volume, first of all. And second, like we don't know if it sticks with A.J. Green back. So there are just a lot more question marks than just simply playing Marquise Brown. Ownership's really spread out as far as tight end. Uh, DK specifically, right now, Higby's the top guy, 4.3K. Another uh, reception floor, you don't mind fading. Yeah. Monday night, Monday night pricing was cooked in. Uh, I mean, listen, th- there's another tight end in this game that's the same price as Zach Ertz that is really good, too. Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude's averaging 15 yards per catch. Like, you talk about upside of the position on a slate like this where. You don't have Kelsey, don't have Mark Andrews, don't even have Darren Waller on this slate. And I can have a tight end at the same price as Zach Ertz, who, who needs double the targets of Dallas Goddard to produce the same amount of yards as him. Uh, and, and if you get the fight back, because, I mean, Goddard is one of these guys, too. Like, you look at all these Eagle stats in the second half of these games, like Dallas Goddard has four catches in the second half this year. Like, if they just play a full, yeah. full game, like – You've got ups. All these guys' stats look different, right? Like, like AJ Brown could be having the most ridiculous wide receiver start that, like, and we could be seeing right now if they just 
the teams fought back against the Eagles. AJ Brown has 10 catches after after the halftime this year. Uh, it's they like said they've thrown 38 passes after halftime uh, this season. Uh, so I mean, if we just see the Eagles play like a full game, like these guys all probably look even better, and the fringe guys like Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard probably look even absorbently better uh, than that too. And then Arizona, they have faced good tight ends to open the year, but I mean. 27% of the fantasy points scored again than this year have been scored by tight ends. It's 31st in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like Goddard a lot, especially on this slate, because he's one of these tight ends. Like, he has legitimate upside. Yeah. Uh, we have fourth and fifth as far as ownership between those two on DK. So they're right there. And same deal on Fanduel. Ertz is the third most popular tight end and Goddard fourth, and it's super close. Uh, number one on Fanduel, by the way, you're not going to like it. It's Kyle Pitts. Who didn't practice, I believe, on Wednesday, right? But we'll see. Stay tuned. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. I don't think you even need to. I don't think you even need to run back your buck stacks. I think you just pile on the bucks points, and that's it. Um, let's see. What what would be your buck stack? Could be Brady, one of or two of. You you would double stack it without a run back. Evans, Evans, and Godwin. Yeah, I don't think you need to run back. I think you just go for their team total and their touchdowns, and that's it. Should we yeah. mention that I mean, you could play Fournette and just soak up all the touchdowns if they happen to rush for one? Yeah. Is there what can we say or what can we guess as far as you know, Cordell Patterson, John is out. Um the full what? the full four games plus some. Um, you know, we we don't know because all they do, people get confused that whenever they're eligible to return, they will return the game. But that's not true. Like then they're eligible to return, then their 21-day practice window opens, and then you don't know if they're even going to be a full-time player or when they'll return within those 21 days. So g- given that he underwent a quote unquote minor surgery, uh, I, I would imagine it's the four full games for IR plus some. But I mean, as far as this game, the Huntley's like four, three on DK. Is it out? We're not here? playing. We're not playing a running back against the bucks. We're not. Playing okay. That's what I was asking. Yeah, just, no. I mean, I know. I mean, just, just, yeah. just play Jeff Wilson on Fandle. Don't worry about the other running backs. <laughs> Jeff Wilson's just claimed that backfield. Hasn't he? I wouldn't play any of the, the, the guys, but I will say that the Bucks run defense is not what it was. And then sure. the Atlanta and the Atlanta run game is unique enough, I think, to be good against even good run defenses. Uh, like we saw in week one against the Saints. Like they just run so many unique sets that I I think it gives teams problems. And they obviously run so much pistol and RPO stuff that they might be able to run it still like collectively. I don't have no clue like who's going to be okay. the dude to come out of it, but I would, I wouldn't be surprised if like the Falcons still have like success, like efficiency wise, because like running the football still. Is there a clearly defined, like, let's say Tampa's up by two. The, uh, oh, Arthur Smith doesn't care. Like, okay. Like who, who's the chase guy? The who's like the guy they're down by two or three touchdowns and is going to be out there to catch the ball or they'll probably not- still be running a whole drive of pistol RPO down 21. <laughs> uh, Tyler Algier has run at least six routes in every game. Uh, Caleb Huntley has only been active for two games, but he's totaled two routes. Like it's still Algier who would be there running even more routes, we assume. And they're not throwing to any of these guys at all. They they weren't even throwing to Patterson. They weren't even asking. Patterson had two targets the last three games. They weren't throwing to him at all. Converted wide receiver, Patterson receiving zero passes. It's just, okay. Um, All right. It's it's Drake London and Parker Hesse. That's it. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a steep Uh, (laughs) drop-off. Drake London burned me last week. I had two. Uh, a bunch of Drake London and no Hawkinson. Your boy had, had himself a rough week, but this is the week we turn it around. That's the idea. I think Mariota sabotaged a lot of folks last week. 
Yeah, um, the Mariota versus Dino Smith decision was a fun one because they were kind of the same, a similar decision point, right? You know, similar price point at least. And if he chose Mariota, Mariota was awful. Yeah, awful. he is who we thought he was. I think he's he's going to be the first quarterback in fantasy to average over eight carries and literally not be usable at all. <laughs> well, Justin Daniel Fields. Jones? Justin. Fields oh, that's true. Fine. Justin Fields is right there. Justin for us Fields. Too. Oh, Fields. I don't even know. Like, I have to rebrand after Justin Fields this year. I think. <laughs> The like, Bears need to start playing a different game or something. It's wild <laughs> what's going on there in Chicago. <laughs> All right, that's our three games down. We're going to run it back and talk about our fair players position by position. Before we do that, we are sponsored by Thrive. Do appreciate their sponsorship. Want to let you know what's going on over at Thrive Fantasy. It's an easy-to-play, no-salary-cap-style contest that revolves around over-under-style player props. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with the prop. The riskier the prop, the higher the fantasy score. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. We're going to give you a nice, uh, sweet deposit bonus. Use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250 as well as free tickets. How do those free tickets work? If you deposit between $100 and $499, I don't know why you'd stop at $499, but if that's what you do, you get yourself two free $20 contest tickets. You put an extra buck in there, $500 deposit, you get six free $20 contest tickets. That will be $120 in contest tickets. And again, we're also getting, you're, get, you're going to be getting a uh, $250 deposit bonus when you use the promo code grinders. Uh, check out the Roto Grinders review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more information, terms, and conditions apply. And we're going to scroll through and find a couple that we like this week. I sent them to you guys via the email, I presume. John, you have them. Let's no layups as always. Let's not go for the one where you get like 45 points. What's we don't want 45 points anyway. Uh, let's try to be as bold as possible. What do you have as uh, some of your favorite props this week? That Tom Brady over 270 yards at the top is pretty juicy for all the reasons we talked about, especially because the discrepancy for only 10 point difference from over and under is probably not fair. They probably should have done like 120 for under and like 75 for over. So we'll take the over, the 95 points there. And scroll down. I think as you were talking and scrolling, I saw some more. Oh, um, that's the producer. That's not me. It's showing him off. Oh, okay. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Najee Harris under 89 and a half uh, rushing, receiving yards. Maybe gets there on receiving, but we saw from Kenny Pickett. In an entirely different offense, as we expected, Najee Harris didn't get a single target last week. Kenny Pickett is going to launch downfield. Kenny Pickett also scrambled on 37% of his dropbacks as a rushing quarterback. And so, uh, yeah, Najee Harris's volume just continues to slide. So I'll go under on that. I took a peek as you were talking at the Derek Cardi, the blitz projections for Brady. He's projecting uh, 303 passing yards. So that mm-hmm. would be distinctly more than the 270 and a half. And you get 95 points, which is pretty solid. He's going to get steamed. Brady's Brady's going to be high roster mm-hmm. by the time we get to Sunday. That's that's my concern here. Yeah, I mean, I I just I generally default to give me the quarterbacks with legs as opposed to not the quarterbacks with legs. But that doesn't mean he can't go for three fifty and four, right? So, but like, and he's fine. But in my head, I put him behind Hertz and I put him behind Allen just because he can't move. But maybe that's wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, Rich, do you have a thought on that? And do you have any thoughts as far as a couple winners here on Thrive? 
No, I mean, I, I'm with you as far as I don't think from a, like a pure ranking perspective, but you know, what's your phrase, Dean? Uh, we live in a world with salary cap. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, Brady with, with Brady playing on Sunday night when the pricing already came out, remember, cause the narrative going into Sunday night was like, damn, Brady looks awful this year without all these guys. And then they all came back and it was like, Oh, they can actually throw now again. And, you know, so the pricing stayed the same because, he was grandfathered in because they played a Sunday night, you know, the grant, they didn't win the game, but all the, all the counting stats were there for Brady and they look functional. Uh, I think his price would look a lot different if they play that game, like during the day. Right. Uh, so, you know what, this is a good point that you make because I didn't realize the difference in salary was that distinctly different. 6k on DK. Yeah. That's, that's usable. Now I see why all the Brady love is coming and on Fandle, you're getting a difference maker as well. 7.8. For Brady, as opposed to nine for Allen, eight point six for Hertz. A little bit more distinct on DK. Um, remember, yeah. he was unusable for fantasy football purposes going into that Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, showdown. You have to because it's showdown. But yeah, I understand the point you're making. Um, well, well, we all knew, like outside looking in, we were like, oh, well, like they're just missing all these guys. Like once these guys come back, it'll be fine. Like this was always going to exist, like this scenario. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it happened on Sunday night like the breakout, like when all these guys came back at once and the pricing for the, the following weeks already out during the game. Yeah. Like if that game, I'm saying if they play that chiefs bucks game, if that happens at 4 PM last week, his price is not what it is. Right. Like now. Seven, four. Something yes. like that. But no one's going to play Carson Wentz Dean. Just letting you know. <laughs> I mean, that, I, you're not talking <laughs> me in the Wentz. You got me on the Brady and like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But Wentz ain't happening. A lot of dominoes at the fall for me to say, eh, Carson Wentz, maybe. Uh, but I, I just, I cannot see it, but I do like some of the pieces in that game. So you got me there. Um, Rich, did you, did you throw out a prop or two? Did you happen to have the list in front of you or we're, we're good to go? I like all these Cowboys ones, these Cowboys Rams game, uh, Cooper cup. You're getting 30 point difference to catch nine balls. He, he's going to do that for sure. That's what he does every game because he's the only functional part of their offense. Uh, his, he, his over, his over under was eight and a half last week. Like they didn't increase it at all. No, and it's a 30-point difference. Like, it's not even like a – you're not even getting, like, the 10% juice on it. Like, uh, also, Stafford, two-and-a-half touchdowns plus interceptions. You're getting best of both worlds. I mean, he leads the NFL in interceptions. He also is definitely probably do some touchdown regression. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in back-to-back games uh, for the first time since 2016. So, I imagine he'll get some back. And then Zeke under 52-and-a-half rushing yards with a, for 120 points. Oh, baby, I love that. The Rams have been awesome against the Rams. That's pretty good. I like that. I, I like that Zeke one for sure. Um, so, I like all those in that game. That's a game, too. Like, that game probably going under for sure. Uh, Yeah, Cup. You're getting a nice reward for nine catches for Cup, and that seems like a lot, but that's just basically what he does. And you're getting 115. It points. is a lot of catches, but that's like who 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 are they throwing to beyond eight yards downfield it, right it, now he, this season? Well, he 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 reached that mark. He beat that total with 11 minutes left in the third quarter last week. Like it doesn't. <laughs> the offense is only going through Cooper Cup. Yeah, and I saw Robinson. Like I'm sure you're doing this, Rich. As far as, he's out there exercising, right? He's getting oh, just big exerciser. Oh it's God. not helping him. He's not getting any faster or running away from anyone. But big time exercise going on with Allen Robinson. Let's hit on some quarterbacks we like. Uh, we've touched on many throughout, just kind of like organically throughout the conversation. We talked about Josh Allen, Brady. We've talked about um, <laughs> Mac Jones. I, I mean, wasn't supposedly Mac Jones back at practice last Friday? That's why I thought like maybe I didn't think he was going to play last week. I thought that was absurd. But like it seemed a little promising. That was the report at least. 
And also, like, you, you have to feel a little bit better when you see Detroit on the other side. Or, or maybe is, is it going to be Zappy season? I want Zappy to be good. Somebody tell me Zappy is going to be good. Is he ever going to be a thing? Because that's a fun name. That, no? Probably not. I mean, yeah, the name is amazing. Uh, <laughs> just, my, the concern is, like, that, that whole game has me in a pretzel because mm-hmm. the Patriots are favored. The Lions have like a 23 point team total and they've been scoring like 30 every game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh and then last week when the Patriots were able to hang around with the Packers, uh they just ran the football every play. And it's like, well, man, like if they're like ahead and this like this implied total plays out, like Detroit we know they're awful against the run. Like, man, like were they just going to just run the entire game? Like could is that a scenario for this game? Um, I don't know, but I'm not going to get into the weeds of the Mac Jones stuff just because it's too early yeah. to, to know. Uh, you know, that's that's the whole reason we talk about like just ex- exhaust ourselves in Detroit last week. Um, I will say there's one quarterback we that I do like that we didn't talk about, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, like Trevor that. Trevor Lawrence was hot. You know, before last week, I don't know how much of a hall pass he gets for last week. You know, playing in the rain, one quarterback played good, one didn't. Uh, but the matchup is great. I mean, Houston, you look at what they've done defensively from a schematics team under Lovey Smith. I mean, 85% of their snaps are cover three, cover two, or man coverage. Uh, against those coverages, uh, Trevor Lawrence is eighth in the NFL in EPA for drop back, 8.1 yards for pass attempt is 12th in the league. Uh, so, I mean, I like him. I think that they bounce back offensively. They're able to move the football. Um, so, I mean, he'd be the other guy that I say, like, I might do like last week, like Daigle said he got on the Charger sacks. Like, I'm not going to overlook these Jaguar sacks. John, quarterbacks, you want to join the conversation? Are you, are you uh, in agreement with uh, Lawrence as well? In agreement. Uh, I think James Robinson is also an amazing pivot after we saw Travis Etienne play quite a bit when the Jaguars were suddenly down 29 14 in that game. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I think we discussed everything I'll be playing. I'll, I'll be watching. Josh Allen and Tom Brady closely see how the field is going to play them. And then honestly, maybe I do get on Jalen hurts uh, and just hope the Cardinals push back. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you got to get some hurts. If, I mean, if you're playing a certain number of lineups, I think you got to at least introduce them to the player pool. If you're only making one, I understand if you go away, but like, like Rich is laying out, man, imagine if he actually has four quarters to play with, that'd be so much fun. Did yeah. you say Rich, your favorite player to pair with hurts? Is it, is it Goddard? Or Brown. I like Goddard, Goddard and Arthur Juan. Uh, no problem with that. But I do like the way – I think the slate sets up to make Goddard like like a real legitimate hammer potentially at the position. Yeah. Uh, John, did you want to open up running backs? We kind of touched on Fournette. And I, I was wondering how, how much is White becoming a thing? How concerned we should, should we be or should we, we be fine with Fournette uh, against Atlanta? That's a non-issue at this point. He got two little goal line carries. White did. He didn't get his first touch until they were down 21-3. to three. Um, I still don't think he's a factor and Leonard Fournette still had seven targets. So like Leonard Fournette still has a high floor, especially on DK. If you're trying to leverage off of Tom Brady, if he gets steam. So that's why I still like Leonard Fournette Um, on FanDuel. Jeff Wilson for 6,300 is pretty insane. He's handled 30 of 31 running back carries the past two weeks. And as we know, touchdowns are how we get there on FanDuel. So Jeff Wilson and, as double-digit favorites for the 49ers against the Panthers is an awesome play. Um, touched on James Robinson uh, in a favorable game script. Jaguars over-touchdown favorites in that one. Uh, Devin Singletary, if you're trying to get off of Josh Allen, Singletary's handled 74% of backfield touches the past two games. And then obviously Damian Harris or Madre Stevenson. But the issue is I think both 
Harris and Stevenson, especially because Stevenson is significantly cheaper than Harris on both sites. Like I think both of them are going to get played quite heavily. Yeah. So Harris is seven, two on FanDuel, uh, five, six on DK Stevenson, six K big difference on FanDuel five, five on DK. So Harris and Stevenson, similar price on DK Harris, distinctly more on FanDuel. I saw somebody in chat and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to float this out there. Uh, Rich, the possibility of just playing both and just getting every carry in that game and just shredding Detroit seven yards at a time. Uh, is that something worth considering? Is that hurt your ceiling to some extent? And also, if you're just going to pick one, is it Harris or is it Stevenson? I mean, we've done this in years past, like toyed with this idea, and it's never worked out. <laughs> so, like, I would say be hesitant to say, like, yeah, this is a sharp move because this has come up before, like, in, yeah. over the years. Uh, I would say it depends what you're playing, right? And I know it's a cop-out answer, but, like, if I'm playing in cash games, I think Ramondre Stevenson, especially in DK sense, is a better play because he's running, you know, he's running pass, pass routes at a higher rate. He's catching the football. He has a better floor, right, in that setting. Uh, if you're just chasing touchdowns and looking for a run out, I think Damian Harris is pretty interesting, right, because he's still getting – the goal line carries, you know, he had both snaps inside the 10 yard line last week. You know, could he have a two or three touchdown game? Like, absolutely. He could, he did this last year multiple times. Uh, so, I mean, it depends what you're playing, what's your structure. If it's cash, large field, small field, like it's, you know, are you playing on FanDuel? Or are you playing on DK? Uh, I would say Stevenson is the better floor uh, between the guys, but uh, I don't have a problem with, you know, kind of either or because they're be- like, they're, it's like almost 50, 50 split. Like really? Yeah. It's like Green Bay Light, kind of, sort of. Eh, well, like except for you don't have, uh, one, a guy as good as Aaron Jones that you're not yeah. trying to give the football to actively like the Packers are. Um, or And, like, he, he's not as – they don't have that pass catcher that's as, as good as Aaron I, Jones either. But I think you actually pay up for Harris on FanDuel just giving game theory that everyone will pay down for Stevenson. And he's like everyone's favorite player, Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous considering Harris, all he does is score fantasy points, and that's what we care about. But I ran those optimals on FanDuel on a Wednesday night, John, and you hit on a couple of the running backs that are that are popping. Uh, I put some caps on it. You know, I didn't want to get 100% of anybody. But Fournette hit the cap on FanDuel, 65%. Jeff Wilson, 45%, 65%. I'm sorry, 39% for Singletary, so – Right out the gate, those three guys that you we've mm-hmm. kind of touched on throughout, and I guess neither of the New England guys have hit. Uh, Brees Hall, one percent. I thought I think maybe more popular on DK. We'll see. Is he going to be popular? I know people are pumping him up in season long. They're getting excited about uh, Hall's getting a little bit more for the I, gym. I think people would rather roster any rookie than actually win their fantasy leagues. Like if you <laughs> if if you hook them up to a polygraph, and like Brees Hall is popping, but. People don't care about winning their fantasy leagues. They only care about talking about rookies. That's it. The don't shiny new toy is more fun than the old. If that's just how that works, right? That's is that all that is? I think. Yeah, Michael Car- Michael Carter one year, one more year into his career than Breesaw, and yet he's shunned as like a forty year old. Rich, did you have another running back that you want to introduce? We haven't talked about any expensive ones. Like maybe that's an interesting route to go this week. Uh, pay, spending up for CMC. He caught a bunch of passes last week, but. Yeah, we're not doing that. I mean, they're just not running any plays, which is kind of a problem, right? Is that? Yeah. I mean, they're not running any plays, and, like, it took a fourth-quarter runout for them to actually throw them the football for the first time this year on one final drive. 
Uh, our guy, Ryan McChrystal at Sharp Football, posted uh, this note that the last 17 games the 49ers have played, the ro- opposing running back have, has gone under their, their rushing line. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be – I'm not doing it. It sucks to say, like, to be like, oh, no, I'm, I already I have no interest in Chris McCaffrey, but I don't really have an interest in Chris McCaffrey this week at all. I'm just praying to God he can get, get there for the, my damn teams that have him that took him at 101 or 102. Uh, I'm going to try to get my jollies through that. But uh, we named a lot of the ranks. They're pretty good running back slate. You named off a bunch of cheapies. James Robinson, I think, is a pretty auto smash. Houston Houston has allowed the RB1, the top overall score, or the RB2 in three of their four games this year in fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like you can just – and they were this way last year too. Uh, they couldn't stop anyone on the ground. Just running backs are absolutely smoking them. That's the case again. Uh, I And I know he's not going to be like probably – he probably – I don't know if he'll be popular or not, but I think Dalvin Cook is a pretty good spot. There is one where you probably are worried maybe about the the game, just like not being good. Um, he's got but, a really good price for Cook, 7-3 on DK. That seems so when you're talking about those like high-priced guys that have a ceiling, though, he, would, he does stand out as I believe having a really good matchup. The Bears – have really struggled against the run too to open the year, but we named a lot of those good guys. I think it's a really good running back slate overall. Yeah. You mentioned running back versus Houston. What's the split like these days? How confident are we Robinson versus Etienne? I think it's just pure game script. Like if the hand's been already shown, revealed to us. Okay. All right. So you feel better about Robinson than Etienne right now? Yeah. We saw like when they were in negative game script last week for the first time since week one, Etienne start playing. Yeah, Rob, so. Robinson Robinson fumbled in the first half. They literally gave him the next carry on the very next play. Like it doesn't doesn't matter at all. If it's a favorable game script, obviously the Jaguars are favored by seven and a half at a lot of books right now. Yeah, it's absolutely a James Robinson hammer game. And good. I mean, I, when coaches pull a guy after fumbling, it's like the dumbest thing. He knows he's not supposed to fumble. He's not trying to do it. <laughs> why punish him even further? Like, and why suppress the rest of the team by playing the guy that's not as good as him? We didn't get talk about it either because it wasn't one of the games picked. But I mean, don't sleep on that Cleveland Chargers game either. Like potentially sure. being good uh, and having fantasy points scored in. Obviously, last year they played. Uh, I think they played a game that was like forty-seven to forty-four or something. But like, I could see the running backs in that game being all over the board too. What's the deal with the Chargers defense, Rich? Because I know they're they're losing. But is Bosa's hurt? Right? They've had some injuries. Uh, that's another team that's supposed to be getting better at adding some pieces defensively. Has that played out correctly or not so much? No, their defense has been awful to start okay. the year. Uh, yeah, it started out okay. That They're starting to lose pieces. They're starting to lose bodies. Uh, probably one of the most disappointing things, both those L.A. defenses have been pretty disappointing uh, to start the year. The Rams have been good against the run, but their pass defense and pass rush has been bottom of the league. Rich, open up receivers. Who's catching your eye? Uh, we talked about a bunch of guys. Terry McLaurin is my kind of flag plant early in the week. We'll see. I, and Robert Woods, if you want to get really gross. Uh, <laughs> if Keenan Allen doesn't play, I mean, I know the, the, the Mike Williams roller coaster uh, is, has been full effect this season. But, I mean, Cleveland just given me like, a ton of huge plays in the passing game. Uh, they've allowed 12 completions on throws over 15 yards downfield. That's 24th. They're allowing uh, 15 and a half yards per catch to opposing wide receivers. That's 31st in the NFL. So I like him. We can always stack our Trevor Lawrence guys with, you know, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones if he's back. Um, and then also, like, Stefan Diggs, still very good. Uh, don't ignore him. 
Our projections really like Zay Jones on DK. He's four. They always do. The Brodo Grinders model, uh, I know, really <laughs> likes Zay Jones. I don't know. He, I mean, he's cheap, and we don't know if he's playing or not. We're Obviously, we're assuming he's playing uh, with this projection. John, uh, thoughts on guys that were thrown out there? Who you want to add to the conversation? We've talked a lot. of The only one really is uh, C.D. Lamb, 34.5% target share from Cooper Rush the past three games. We expect that game to go under. Cowboys defense on DraftKings in particular will be highly rostered since they're so cheap, 2,500, which is ridiculous. But who is also going to bring along CeeDee Lamb with them? So I think it makes sense on DraftKings. Also, the people always have this thing with the Rams uh, because they they know that Jalen Ramsey plays for the Rams. Going back to last year, so the Rams last year were 24th in the NFL in points allowed to opposing wide receiver ones. This year, they're dead last. They've had the most points in the NFL to opposing wide receiver ones through four weeks. Uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, eight for 122 in one week one. Drake London in week two, eight for 86 in one. Hollywood Brown in week three, 14 catches for 140 yards. Debo Samuel, my night, six for 115 and one. There is like the stigma that Jalen Ramsey doesn't follow guys around in this defense. Like he doesn't shadow guys. They have consistently given up points and the guys outside of Jalen Ramsey have been hurt. Like they've been rotating guys in in the secondary. Uh, yeah. So I mean, CD Lamb is a, another really good call. So, you know, people, you shouldn't be afraid of, uh, yeah, the, the cornerback. I feel like that kind of conversation has gone away. The, a lot of the, the, the content that I see out there, the, the quarterback, wide, you know, wide receiver matchup. And I always thought it was a little I don't, bit, yeah. I don't know if our friends of the Swole cast know a single defensive player. <laughs> You're better for it. You'd be way better for it. Yeah. To be honest. Sure. I laid it out, though. I mean, you look at it from a, let's look at this from a top down view, right? So in the NFL, teams are running zone coverage almost 70% of the time. And if you want to look at a team that like runs the highest rate of man coverage, the Detroit Lions, right? They run man coverage 45% of the time on pass plays. That that's that's less than half of the passing plays. So even if you have a guy that's guarding a guy in man coverage, he's automatically inherently from a top-down view doing it on half of the passing plays, right? Like so it's already cut in half. And then he has to actually be shadowing that specific player on his man coverage assignment mm-hmm. to be like we're in the weeds on this stuff and I get it. It's great yeah. data. It's fun. But like, if you just look at it from like a th- the 10,000 foot view, like it inherently just doesn't make sense, especially when you're talking about wide receivers who one or two targets is all it takes to get there. Right. Yes. Like to catch a touchdown, to catch a long pass. Uh, so that, I mean, typically, unless it's like a blatant, like outright, like we know this guy's going to shadow this guy and like full on man situations. Like it's tough to like really get bogged down by that stuff anymore. What do we do when Lattimore plays Mike Evans later on? That's the only one. That's a legit <laughs> rivalry. Uh, that's we don't have any more rivalries like that in the uh, NFL. Like the old, like when like we had Andre Risen versus Dion, or like Dion versus Mike Irvin. Like Lattimore versus Evans this is a legit fisticuffs. Risen versus Dion. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, back in the day. Uh, but like, do we even project Evans for four quarters or like two and a half? <laughs> what, what do you? How do the projection models work for that? We have no idea, but. Uh, tight ends. Let's knock out some tight ends. Uh, John, we don't have uh, no Andrews. Andrews not in the main slate. Kelsey not in the main slate. Waller not in the main slate. Pitts didn't practice on Wednesday. I assume he'll play on, on Sunday. We'll see. Um, you talked about, you know, getting in the weeds on some ugly tight ends. By Fandle really overreacted to Hawkinson. He's 7K over there. Um, Fryermuth? Can Fryermuth be like that safety net? He, I don't you know, mind that, though, because if, like, all the guys are going to be out again, they just pre-jumped everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good call, and, and you're right. And if that's the case again, he's what four nine or so on DK. 
it'll be the, the ownership will be insane and I'll be in on it and then it'll flop and then yeah, both ways. <laughs> I don't think the sun god's gonna play for sure. You feel pretty confident in that. Okay. Yeah. No, he's got that high Chark mispracticed today too, right? Yeah. Sun God's got a high ankle. Uh it's only yeah. Wednesday, but I, I thought he'd for sure miss multiple weeks. The the strategy may be to pay up for Hawkinson then. Uh I'll give you a very bad cheap tight end to spin down for because again, we're solely going for touchdowns. On FanDuel, we're looking for leverage. Can, can, I, can I get it? Can I guess? You're not going to be able to guess it, but yeah. I think I'm going to guess it. I didn't mean to jump the gun, but I, I never do I really look down beyond like, you know, 5K on FanDuel. But 4 5 Hunter Henry, is that who it is? It is Stoneman Hunter Henry. You yes! are correct. We are, try- <laughs> we are trying to take away Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson's touchdowns at the goal line. And where else are we going to go but Hunter Henry, especially if John New Smith is out? Uh, Henry ran around on 83% of dropbacks in week one. I would imagine we get closer to that rate as opposed to the past three games, roughly 59, 60% route rate uh, with Jonu Smith being more involved. So yes, I will be playing minimum Hunter Henry if Jonu Smith is out. Do you know who is a hundred dollars more on Fandle and is currently the most highly owned, the, the most, uh, the tenant that landed in the most optimals I ran for Fandle. I don't know if you're looking no. at all the prices, but. It's he's on a team that doesn't throw the football, which is kind of a problem because he plays tight end. And you it's don't not, you, you can't play. You're not talking about Cole Komet, right? I I just I'm just reading. We're I'm not just, playing Cole Komet in 2022. It says it says Cole Komet is in 48 percent no. of lineups. <laughs> we play Logan Thomas before we play Cole Komet every day of the week. Is Logan Thomas play. also like four six? I, don't, I, I didn't. Look. Whatever it is, you're just not playing Cole Komet because you know we play were, Adam Troutman before we play Cole Komet. For sure. <laughs> Jump in there, Rich. Your thoughts as far as tight ends? I, I don't want no, to know. Hunter Henry was like the like the, the bottom dweller I had too. Uh kind of like yeah, we're in circles. 30% Hunter Henry range. That's where we're that's where What's we're at in week five. I mean, there are no secrets in this game. That's true. <laughs> He's two nine on DK. That that's usable. That's usable. Low I mean, he, you, you have to go back to I mean last year he was he led all tight ends and end zone targets, like we gotta get where where'd that go? Optimals are giving you Cooper Cup and Higby for what it's worth. Wait, is this right? The very first optimal I pulled up is two tight ends. That can't be correct, can it? Not, <laughs> Hunter not, Henry not, and Higby. Not this week. Yeah, I mean, we, it's we've got, already got, talked about some good cheapy wide receivers, and um, the running back slate is awesome. So, like, I don't, I don't think we're looking at two tight ends this week. I don't think so. But like, you're getting some value theoretically with Hunter. Uh, Hunter Henry is two nine on DK, four five on Fanduel. Higby's got a good price too there at four point three cheaper. Uh, <laughs> quite true is there is there anything else rich we should say we, we're supposed to close strong here but this is we always close on tight end that's just how it works but <laughs> what else do you got <laughs> no no that's fun man uh no we we kind of ran through it uh it all, it, it all looks good it's you a fun week the- man it's a fun week i i look at this slate and i i like when, when stuff's like this it's a little bit spread out it's a little bit sporadic and some chaotic uh you have to take some bad plays put some faith in some bad plays i'm all for it Reminder that uh, you can uh, play on, you know, Thrive. We talked about Thrive earlier in the show. Do not forget to play the fantasy prop action over there. Promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. When you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as those tickets we talked about. Um, I guess that's it. That's the show. We got to get the plugs. The people know. I mean, it's week five. They knew in week one. They knew three years ago. They knew five years ago, whatever it was. They know where to find you. But just in case they don't know, John, 
where where can the people find your content? Four for four dot com, where I had to write about Latavius Murray quite a bit. <laughs> and I'm about to go check bids and see if I happen to get him on overspending in FFPC. Also, for four.com, for the rest of this week, we are running a 25% off sale. You don't even need a promo code. I don't need to promote myself at all. Just go to four four.com and sign up. If you've been dabbling your toes in the water, thinking about it, 25% off any sub you want, any sub. Same deal, Rich. You were talking last week over there at Sharp. Uh, you had a percentage off based upon the number of uh, points scored in Cincinnati, Miami. What was the total in that game? I don't recall now. It, I think it got to 40. It was like 45 or something. It should have been in the 60s. It should have <laughs> been in the 60s, though, because they kicked two field goals from the one-yard line and Chase Edmonds dropped the touchdown pass. But uh, they let you guys down. But we Warren was happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was happy and sad at the same time. But, uh, yeah, this week we're also doing 25% off. You just use get 25. Uh, we're doing 25% off as well because, like you said, Dean, it's week five. It's the quarter poll. Is it? My math, I think, was – Did no, anybody take my it's math? In between. It's in between. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't bust out the calculator on me. That was the NFL Pick 6 Show. That was week five, sponsored by Thrive. That was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle, producer Steve. Appreciate him hanging out with us. I was Dean from Roto Grinders. Good luck and we five. We're out of here.